Welcome to Shoujo and Tell, where we discuss shoujo manga and tell who's hot and who's not, talk about themes, and just generally geek out. Today, December 8th, 2019, we'll be Shoujo and Telling about the first nine volumes of Basara by Yumi Tamura. I'm your host, Ashley McDonald, and I'm joined by Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin. Hello. Caitlin, who are you? <laughs> who am I? I don't know. Essential <laughs> I, don't have a lot. I don't know what name to use anymore. <laughs> you don't have a last name, so you're like drifting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I am a writer, an editor, a longtime anime and manga fan, uh, anime feminist, etc., 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 etc. Yes, et cetera, and last, et I have many things. Last you were here was actually like almost exactly a year ago to discuss oh, wow. Kimi ni Todoke, I believe, which was also very long. You apparently only like the very long series. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> I love challenge. You love a challenge of the, <laughs> the 20 plus series, volume series. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, Caitlin. So we're here to discuss Basara, which is 27 volumes total. So we are discussing literally the first half or not the first half, the first third. I know how math works. No, I don't. That's why I was an English major. <laughs> That's why. Um, so we'll try to keep this beginning part spoiler free. Um, and can you give a brief plot synopsis about what this monster of a manga is about? <laughs> uh, Basara is the story of Sarasa, a young girl who was uh, raised in a post-apocalyptic desert, uh, desertified Japan, uh, who is the twin of Tatara, who was raised, who was prophesied to be the child of destiny. And he would save Japan and defeat the Red King, who was the tyrant who was um, they felt was oppressing them. And so one day the like they get attacked by the army and Tatra is killed almost immediately. And so Sarasa <laughs> uh, cuts off her hair and says, Tatra is not dead. Sarasa is dead. I am Tatra. And so all of a sudden she who had been raised in her twin brother's shadow for for her entire life, 15 years old, is now a rebel leader. And so she must try to fight the Red King, fight the despotic royal family uh, of Japan in order to try to build a new country. That's fine. She's chill. A 15-year-old can totally do all this. I mean, it's shoujo manga, so you know. Shoujo manga. That's the ripe age (laughs) for female power. I mean... (laughs) Amaze. <laughs> yep, this sure. Okay, so you have read this before and you superstand this series, yes? So, yes, I read it when it was first coming out, which started when I was uh, 15 or 16 years old. Um, and I read it through the five years of the course of the English release. I might have read it like once since then. But that was over half my life ago. So honestly, my memory of the plot deals were really fuzzy. But I what I really remembered was how it made me feel how like and the the broad emotions of the plot, because Basara is all about like the big emotions, which is not to say that it's not like a good story, but just it's the big emotions are like the really 
the major moments in it. Yeah. It, amongst all, it's like a lot of plot details that happen. There are <laughs> so many plots that happen. It's I'm like, very dense. There's so many characters. <laughs> I think I already that's, forget that's half of them. That's how rolls. Did you watch Seven Seats? No. Good. It was bad, but... <laughs> I wanted to, but then I saw that you said good. it was bad, and then I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the manga's supposed to be good, and Tamura does a lot of very intricate systems with large casts, uh, lots of, like, systems of symbolism, and big emotions. That's just how she does it. <laughs> I know, and Seven Seeds is not currently published in English, which is very sad to me, because I definitely want to read it. <laughs> Uh, someday maybe someday maybe viz yeah viz like five years from now we'll be like maybe <laughs> we'll bring that over now okay so i have not read the series before and i've only read the first nine volumes right now for this podcast and part of me is like it's very bad that i haven't read the series before because it was definitely coming out during peak time that i like shared manga with my friends in english which was 2003 to 2008 apparently What's its initial English run. And also I'm like post-apocalyptic shoujo. Those are like the two things I love most in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Why have I not read this? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm bad at stuff. Um, but now I'm I'm correcting my own mistakes of the past and <laughs> reading this. Partially because I ran a, a Twitter poll of like, what's the next long series that this podcast should do? And Basara won. So here we are. We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. <laughs> a long series. Gotta get Caitlin on. <laughs> Gotta get Caitlin on. Remember that Caitlin was like, ah, Basara. I, I like that. <laughs> it's over 20 volumes. Oh, no. <laughs> and plus, I already own the whole series, so I don't have to buy the volumes on the website, on the the whatever legal translation website people are using no it's available digitally from viz legally <laughs> still yeah yeah but so I, yeah, I, I still them have all? all of the physical volumes oh yeah that's good because definitely <laughs> it's a struggle reading this on digital i think it's not the most high quality digital <laughs> no it's like a little smaller than my phone's actual screen so i kept being oh like let me zoom There's in. There's so many words and details, too. <laughs> I know. It's, oh I, God, I did not have the optimal reading experience. I shall not lie. <laughs> but, you know, it is there. And I think that that's good because it's definitely not in print anymore <laughs> physically. Um, but, yeah, should go get it digitally. It's only like this is digital releases are also the cheapest of anybody's. They're like $6 a volume, something like that. Um, okay, so you mentioned the big emotions of the series. Uh, is that, like, your favorite aspect, or are there other things that, are, like, really make Basara worth reading? I mean, I think the way it gives a big middle finger to, like, gender, but, like, in a really, like, but in a really, like, smart, very aware way, too. Like, that, and yeah, the big emotions are, like, really important. It's really, like, it's hard to say. It's such, like, a whole thing for me. The whole thing for you. Like I can't. The whole thing. I can't. I can't pick one thing. I can't even for me. <laughs> Do you have theories about? Because like again, I'm just like, wow, this was like super not on my radar at like peak manga reading time with my friends in high school. And I don't. I guess my impression is that it it wasn't as popular as you know 
the orons and the, right. the fruits baskets and everything's of the world well it's not pretty is the thing Mm. like the art like especially in the early volumes the art is not super attractive yeah um it's it's got a lot of grittiness to it i mean her art like already in the first nine volumes that we've read has come a really long way oh yes (laughs) but yeah like i mean i think the thing is that like it is a hard sell because it's not pretty it's not like full of bishonen i'm making this sound really shallow but like (laughs) you're like but i think that's what it is (laughs) i mean but that is an important thing right people like expect a certain kind of story from shoujo manga and basara didn't really offer that plus it was long it was you know it's really long long series are a hard sell and you know i just i don't i think that like there was just a lot of little things in the beginning that make it less accessible unless this is really the kind of story that you're seeking mm. um you know the like there's a lot of text um it's a really dense read there's a bajillion characters um so i think there's a lot of factors that made it so that it i don't think it probably really took off but it, the people who did read it really love it like you might have noticed it's it's definitely got a cult very devoted cult uh following Oh, yeah. Everybody who replies, tweets about it, they're like, yes, Basara, somebody finally sees me. <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's the best series ever. Like, I'm pretty sure somebody on Instagram just replied, literally, this is the best series ever <laughs> manga. And I was like, all right, feelings. <laughs> like, let's go. That's a big statement. Uh, I guess to me, it's confusing. I mean, it's not confusing, but it makes me sad because I, I feel like in a lot of ways, this reads more like a shonen manga where it's like lots of action, 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 intricate plot details, like whatever, lots of characters, lots of weird, wacky designs in some places. We've got the dude with the fang. I was like, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> and all these things. So I'm like, oh, I would hope that more men would have been into it. But I guess that didn't happen because men usually disappoint me in this way. And that's that's fine. <laughs> I've learned to accept it, I suppose. <laughs> Um, but I, I feel like it should have broad gender crossover appeal. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you would think, but no. You would think. <laughs> I would love to see it get like a Viz signature release with like the the big pages and the nice paper. That would be nice. What wishful feel- thinking. <laughs> oh. oh, so this also had an anime too, right? But it was only like. 12 episodes or something yeah (laughs) i looked it up it looks like it only covered like the first like three or four volumes what's the point why bother i hate shoujo anime yeah it it doesn't look pretty like i mean it bossar never looks pretty but like the animation is just like really muddy and like not it doesn't look good no bad (laughs) so anime remake oh god please like, they're definitely, like, they're adapting more older properties. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> Possibility? Possibility? Let's do Maybe. it. <laughs> Let's do it. Do it better than Seven Seeds, though. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh, bring me all the sci-fi shoujo in anime and not bad. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Just Why is this so hard? My eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I definitely can see why it has a cult 
following and wish that more people would read it. And I hope that maybe this podcast inspires like one person to be like, yeah, I'm going to go download 27 volumes of manga <laughs> and read that because it's great. Um, as you said, the gender aspect is really great. Uh, I mean, later we'll talk about favorite characters, but it w I struggled. I was like, do I have a favorite character? Do I love them all? I might love them all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're all so good. They're all so good. Even the ones who are there for like a hot second and like I'll probably forget their names. They all have wacky names. Kaku. Nachi. So so hard to remember all their names. Um, but anyway, yes. So if you've been looking for more sci-fi shoujo, because again, shoujo is not a genre, and sci-fi is, and sci-fi is definitely underrepresented in shoujo, <laughs> uh, you should definitely read this. If you love all the cross-dressing stories, you should definitely read this. <laughs> I feel like the 90s was such a good time for shoujo sci-fi, uh, sci though. So, like, yeah, we should just go back to the 90s. Yeah. I mean, I'm down with that. I've always, I'm like, please get me out of the 2010s. I definitely am ready to go to 2020. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. You can take me back, though. I'll go back to the 90s or <laughs> the <laughs> mid-2000s. Like, those were a time that I appreciated. Please take me back. <laughs> um, I feel like it's kind of hard to talk about this without spoiling stuff. So we're going we're gonna to spoil stuff now. Which is like a loose definition of spoil because it's the first nine volumes of 27. So if you don't feel like that's a spoiler, like, great. Keep going. <laughs> hey, this is podcast editor Ashley coming in to talk about how past Ashley said Sarasa's name wrong several times. Because in this manga, there's Basara, Tatra, and Sarasa. And all of those A's... And everything and all the syllables got jumbled up in my mind. And so I said Sasara for a bit here. And I apologize to all of your ears for people who love this series. I will get it correct eventually. So again, suffer with me for a few minutes. And it will be better after that, I promise. Okay. Um, okay, as we mentioned, there's a kajillion and no wait. Okay, first of all, I want to explain where volume nine ends for anybody who's listening who has read it, but maybe hasn't read it in like a hot decade. Um, <laughs> so volume nine, they are in Okinawa. Shuri and Sasara are both in Okinawa. The Red King's forces that have been taken over by his father, like one of his generals is there. They're, they're sending troops to Okinawa to try to take it over. Sasara, at the end, is like, I'm going to protect the president of Okinawa, who has been gravely injured by assassins that were brought on by his political rival <laughs> in the elections through Japanese assassins to, like, start a war with Japan. Woo! It's all crazy, crazy going on down There's there. There's so much happening. There's so much happening. Shuri is off to try to fight the entire Red King, his own army uh, of ships that are coming uh, with his sparsely populated troops of Okinawa. That, that, that's, that's where we've ended. It's, uh, stuff's going down, <laughs> but stuff's always going down. So there are a million characters, but I do feel that we should ground ourselves in the, the very big ones that are still around. Well, we should... Ground ourselves in the very big ones who are still around, and also the mm -hmm. ones who have died, because we probably won't talk about them in future podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> or even if we do, it will probably be much more lightly touched upon than we would in this. 
Um, I believe there are only two dead characters, but, you know, how could I possibly remember all these details? All I don't major know. major ones. <laughs> yeah, the major ones. I think there are only two. I don't know why I put the Red King first, because that's wrong. We should talk about Sasara first. <laughs> Sasara? Tatara? Who is she? Who are they? I don't know. She's so good. She's so good. Whoever she is, she's <laughs> very good. <laughs> Would you like to elaborate on why? I mean... I think she's really interesting, like how she sort of her origin story, because like obviously now in retrospect, everyone's like, oh, Tatara wasn't the child of destiny. Sarasa was. Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like it's a very delicate balance. Like there, she's definitely got this kind of ineffable charisma to her that inspires people to follow her without being someone who was raised to be a leader and so she's like constantly full of doubt and like and crying and like just like doesn't know what to do and that's sort of what attracts people to her is her sort of natural vulnerability um there we go she's very vulnerable but she's also a very charismatic leader and she the, you know leading this fight is important to her and she's still like learning that she is a capable leader and people aren't just leading her because they think she's her brother <laughs> um and also still learning to be a capable leader to make smart de- decisions um i really like towards the end of volume nine when she's with shuri and she's like She's like, Shuri, I want to be with you, but I feel like I get stupid when I'm with you. (laughs) So I gotta go now. (laughs) I literally gotta jump off this ship and go now. All right, bye. (laughs) Yeah, and she's, you know, she's just trying to to find that balance between her personal needs and her, like, what she needs, who she needs to be as a leader and reconciling those two parts of her. Yeah, she's definitely struggling with this this leader bit <laughs> a lot. <laughs> she's like, I must do everything on my own because personal matter. And they're like, no, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell us the truth. And it's like, yeah. And I think what what attracts her to me in particular is like, yeah, obviously her her vulnerability is like what gets everybody going. And also her ability, even when she is vulnerable, in the end, she's like... Push has come to shove. I guess I gotta, I gotta, I gotta shove now. Like we gotta go. We gotta fight. I gotta pick up the sword. And I gotta beat you. Like that, that's that's what I. We just gotta do it. We have an hour to get a cannon from some island. That plan never made any sense. Can we talk about that? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. You have an hour to swim some to a boat to get a cannon. What do you like? And they're like, we don't know what we're gonna do when we get there. I'm like, you can't transport the cannon back that's just not and in the end they did the logical thing which is just fire the cannon from the ship that they were on but i was just like (laughs) what is this plot right now there's a lot of flying by the seat of her pants (laughs) yeah i was like "Mm." (laughs) all right cool (laughs) glad that worked out for you in the end (laughs) sarasa why do i keep saying it wrong i'm bad at names so so i definitely like the vulnerability but I, I like this struggle that she has with, like, and the, that the whole manga kind of has with, like, people's purpose and fate and destiny, where it's, like, if you lean too hard into being, like, I am fated to do this 
and this is my purpose in life is to like be the king or to like assume Tatara's identity and lead this rebellion and all these things, then like you have automatically lost the battle of like doing what you actually needed to do in the first place because Sarasa is like reacting a lot of the time. That's why I'm like, she she does stuff when push comes to shove, but she's mostly reacting to situations that she's thrown into and is like, oh, I won in the end, and that sets off a train reaction of something else. But, like, I think overall she's just like, I have this this ultimate purpose, but in the, in a, in the heat of the moment, it's just like, doing whatever. <laughs> uh, and just gonna see she, how it turns out. Yeah, and but she doesn't, like, use people for her for purposes you know like everybody else is like all these machinations of like this general has, serves this purpose to me and is gonna go do this and like execute y and like xyz and she's like i have all these people who follow me and i have no idea what to do with them and they like sometimes choose what to do on their own and like i'll give them like stay here and protect something which is again very reactive it's like okay we did a thing now we're now we're in defense mode defense <laughs> not offense <laughs> um because yeah it's just shown that all the people with like these very very strong purposes and like using people for all these machinations are like the bad people or if they're not bad people, because I think that this manga is very generous with its definition of n- nobody's really bad. Again, they're all just like doing their own thing and they do bad things. They do bad things, but that doesn't <laughs> make them bad people. You know, like it's actually pretty good at making that <laughs> distinction for its main cast. Obviously, they're just like, yeah, I assume this ultimate king man is just bad. <laughs> like he's just a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen him yet. Is he real? Maybe he's not. He probably has some double identity too. He probably has some. He's probably pretending to be somebody else. I don't know. Everybody's pretending to be somebody else in this book. <laughs> oh. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's bananas. How many people are pretending to be other people, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> or like, it's not even that Shuri and Sarasa are, are pretending to be other people around each other. It's just like. They don't discuss who they, <laughs> their other identity. They're just like, this is a real version of me. <laughs> we don't talk about politics in this house. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. I, I do like that this mystery keeps going, but it, it doesn't currently feel like a stretch to me. You know, like all the situations that they've been put in, I'm like, okay, I guess I buy this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like with a, a different writer, a lot of it could feel very, like, forced or weird. But Tamora is really, really good at making these sort of crazy things feel more natural. Yeah, like, the, I think the one time where I was like, mm, okay, was when Sarasa is the only one who gets her eyes injured in this fire that they experienced. Right. Um, in Kazuno. And then she couldn't see... That the Red King was Shuri at one point, and I was like, mm, "Okay, <laughs> for why? <laughs> why is Sarasa the only one injured in this way?" <laughs> That's the only moment, though. Every other moment, I'm like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> now it's even doing really good because, like, you know, Shuri's like fighting his own army, so she has less reason to suspect. 
that he is the Red King. Man, keeping the plot straight and is like hurting my brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I focus sort of more on the like big emotions. <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> you're like stuff about war and like them loving each other. Let's focus on. <laughs> oh. okay. Not that the plot isn't important, but like I feel like the the it's easy to get bogged down in the little details like, oh, I can't remember this one particular thing. When, like, the most important part is, you know, how everyone is feeling in the situation. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad that we're not going to get bogged down in these details in this podcast. No offense, because I feel like lots of people love podcasts that get all nitpicky about every little thing that happens. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I do not no. want this podcast to be that. <laughs> like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Especially for this manga <laughs> in particular. How do you feel about Shuri, our Red King man? You know, one thing that's always stuck with me is in like the first or second volume when Tamara's like, if you think he's really a nice person, you're naive. I know. I was like, oh, damn, she's just throwing down in volume two. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, like, it's such an opposite thing from like a lot of manga writers who are just like, oh, yeah, no, this like totally abusive boy is actually a nice guy deep down he's just you know doesn't know how to show it and so he's going to beat the shit out of the main character yeah. um and call her a horrible names like no that's not how like tamura rolls it's like where like he's very very like kind to sarasa but like he's not a fundamentally good person like he does a lot of really terrible shit so I really like that. I sort of like that duality to him because like you can see you can see why Sarasa loves him, but also and why he is like he has like a lot of people who are very devoted to him and devoted to his role, although that does go out the window. But also like why he needs to be taken down as a king, like you know, why he is like why a uh, Byako village is like we have to defeat the Red King. You know, you can sort of see all of these different parts of him and it's not contradictory because yeah. that's just people, you know? Yeah. That's why I was like, I feel like this manga is so good and generous to people where it's like, is he good? Is he bad? Like, he's good and bad in different situations and you just have to do something like... What does that add, add up to in the end? I don't know. My favorite my favorite character, Ageha, is like, I don't know. <laughs> who's, who's, who's? <laughs> oh, I love Ageha. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll get to him. <laughs> but yeah, so like, yeah. And, but that's definitely the moment where Sarasa is like, I feel stupider with you. I'm like, yeah, you know, reading this manga gets easier when they're both being stupid lovebirds together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, those parts are easier to read, even when it's like, oh, they're in the Hunger Games now. Like, uh, whatever. Okay, <laughs> just keep going. Like, it's still easy. Um, whereas when they're apart, I'm like, oh, no, all the morality and like, <laughs> like heavy stuff is hitting me. <laughs> Plot's happening. What's happening? <laughs> How do I feel? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. I Well, mostly I feel anxious for when they finally realize their real yeah. identities. I'm like, oh, yeah. how is that going to go down? <laughs> a lot of tears i don't know i don't think feel like i've experienced this much anticipation in a while i'm just like <laughs> <"Ooh." laughs> it's stressing me out i'm stressed 
I'm, I'm like, I want to ask you how much longer it takes for them to like figure it out. But I'm like, oh, no. It's, it's a while. It's a while. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Great. I'm in it for the long haul <laughs> of torture. <laughs> so much torture. Okay. Yeah. So these, these two have their dual identities and they somehow keep them up in sometimes funny and sometimes like, okay, those clever ways. I like it. Uh, then we have, I, I feel like there are plenty of other big characters, but I feel like this is the uh, only other one right now that I'm like, okay, clearly he's going to keep being annoying and <laughs> stick around for a while is the Blue King slash Asagi. Uh, uh, he's a he's a bastard. <laughs> he's a bastard. <laughs> and end of talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, it's it's he is also a good window into sort of like why is Shuri like this? Because they have the kind of father who will just enslave one of his sons, murder another one, like just like it's almost like a very like Greek mythology thing. Like uh, what's it, Kronos eating Zeus? I think I don't know if I have the exact gods right or Saturn, something like that. But like the Titan ate Zeus to keep him from becoming more powerful for him. Mm. For than him, so yeah, like Asagi is this complete like a uh, psychopath. Basically, <laughs> feels no regret for his actions. Like, just uses people and like kills them without a second thought. Like, because that's sort of how he has had to live. Not to make excuses for him, because he still sucks. Uh, he's still the worst. And like what he did to like. In Sarasa, like to Sarasa is like really like gross and creepy. Like yeah. he is like the only one who's like a big like sexual assaulter in this one. The only moment of sexual menace in all nine volumes was him. <laughs> Ugh, um, but you can also see his path to like becoming a better person. Yeah, uh, there are definitely people being like, "Wow, Sarasa so powerful, making even Asagi a little better." that's some powerful stuff that's going on here uh it definitely is fun to be like or not fun but like it's it's interesting to be like okay asagi and shuri came from the same very bad father who like wants them gone because that's what he did to his father he's like i was the youngest and then i killed everybody else and now oh no that's what they're all gonna do to me yeah (laughs) paranoia and it definitely feels like there's a fine line between Asagi and Shuri. Even with the, like, sexual assault stuff. Like, Shuri's not the best. She's always, like, touching Sarasa when she's like, yeah, get off like, of Yeah, me. no, he definitely, like, that was something that I was thinking about, too. Is like, oh, he's, like, kind of, like, boundary pushing. Yeah, because they're always meeting, like, naked in hot springs. And then it's like, get away. <laughs> I like how twice in the nine volumes he tries to pull something like girls really like it when I do this and the girl's like stop and then girl's like oh and then I punched you in the face <laughs> yeah Sarasa gets uh, at least two good punches in herself and then who is the Yuna the, the Okinawa mm-hmm. yeah. lady did it to him yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yuna is just like no <laughs> was just Screw like, off. absolutely not. <laughs> Nobody has time for this. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, but when Shuri does it, we're still like, oh, like he's not 
the worst, like a soggy, but it's kind of like fine lines, fine lines where we're, we're <laughs> stepping on here. <laughs> uh, admittedly, Asagi does it in a worse position for Sarasa because she is in her blind phase at that point when he just, like enters her room and is like, hmm, what's up? <laughs> it's like, yeah, mm, no, <laughs> yeah. get out of here. I mean, I will be totally honest. When it came out, like, I don't know. I guess I kind of saw it coming because obviously, obviously Asagi was the pretty one and the, the false blue king was very ugly and weird. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, clearly, clearly this dude is more important than I think. But when that turn happened, I was like, how many people? Is anybody real in this manga? Like, <laughs> what's they, happening? Do they really say they are? I know. I trust nothing. Hayato! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. Oh yeah, and then Asagi is also just like so manipulative. I hate him. Oh my god. He is he is the worst. And I'm sure like I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure he's going to have a redemption arc. Oh, no. No, I don't maybe, want that. Maybe he'll die. I seriously don't remember what happened to him. <laughs> Uh, I want him to die. He can die in like a nice way. Maybe he'll die in his redemption arc. Yeah, exactly. His, his redemption. Sacrifice himself. That he sacrifices himself for <laughs> Sarasa. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to mash up all their names now. <laughs> Sarasa is now Satara. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening in my brain, <laughs> clearly. So, half the time that I say it, so... Okay, yeah. So these these three are all power playing with each other, and I don't know what Asagi's been doing for the past two volumes because we haven't really had a good check in with him. Yeah, and I don't trust that. Off to the side. Yeah, lots of characters have been shoved off to the side. That's why I'm like, I hope they come up and be important later. Like, yeah, well, a lot of characters, <laughs> lots of characters. I was glad that Chacha and Zaki didn't die. I definitely thought they were going to. <laughs> uh, and they definitely did the stereotypical thing where it was like, we're going to have a flashback before we die now. And I was like, oh, no. And then it was like, JK, we're not dead. I was like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I know. I was like, like I, I was like, wait a second. I don't remember Zaki dying. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, oh, no. I definitely was prepared to write him into the like dead characters we have to talk about part of and then he wasn't dead. And I was like, oh, that's a shocking turn of events. <laughs> he deserved to die. <laughs> Tatara <laughs> jumped down with her horse into a fire and brought him back. But all right, that's fine. I'll believe it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the horse See, is magical. The big emotions that I'm talking about. Big emotions. It doesn't actually make sense. But, but it works. Well, I feel like part of it is like, it was set up to not really make all the much sense, right? Like, there's some mysticism that definitely goes on in the beginning and all these prophecies and, and everything. But it does feel like as the plot goes on that more of the, like, oh, Sarasa comes upon a man who's been in a tunnel for decades and it has, like, become partially a tree man. Like, those types of mystic things have been dropped. Yeah. I feel in later volumes, which I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad. But all right. 
Yeah, it definitely has a less like mythological feel as the series goes. Yeah. As we travel all across Japan. Taking a little little tour of Japan right now. <laughs> uh, we still haven't gone to the north, but we're, we're getting there, I think. Get yeah, we're in the Hokkaido. Severe... Yeah. Does it ever go as high as Hokkaido? That hasn't actually been like mentioned. Yeah, maybe. Oh, well, maybe it's not in Japan's possession anymore. Okinawa isn't Japan anymore in this. That's true. Yeah, because I feel like when they talk about northern Japan, they're talking about literally just like the bits that tourists don't normally go to <laughs> at all. <laughs> Nagoya. In the, yeah. In, on like the mainland or whatever. <laughs> okay. So we have two dead characters that we have to talk about because they're dead. The first one is Shido. Shido was a really good example of like, okay, Shido was waving those death flags so hard. <laughs> He was so doomed, like, the moment that his fiance came into his room, like, it's like, oh, this guy's gonna and they, die. And they conceived a baby in that one, that one night. You're yeah, like, like dead. it's like, oh, it's like, oh, I want, make me your wife. I'm like, oh, he's so dead. Oh my God. <laughs> he's so dead. There's no way he's gonna survive this. Um, and I mean, I knew he was going to die, but those death flags were waving super hard. You're like, I don't know stories. if you noticed them. <laughs> But yeah, no, like, I mean, she does a really good example of like the sort of the power structures because it's like, oh, well, he comes across as a nice man or a good man. He's supportive of Shuri and and Sarasa when he kind of sort of finds out about it. Um, But he's also a slaveholder and he and Ageha have a really complicated relationship because Ageha is like, no, I don't love him. He was my he's my owner yeah yeah <laughs> like no that's not okay and it's like, but he was a nice owner and it's like no <laughs> has a make bold it stance of saying there are no good slaveholders <laughs> yeah controversial yeah. opinion <laughs> hot takes here i mean it still kind of is which is what's sad about it <laughs> yeah and so like he is he is kind man but he is also like a very brutal man who exists within this power structure and is complicit within this power structure so there you go yeah i i feel like his most interesting bit is i guess it's like maybe he would have been kinder had he not actually been with shuri because shuri just does like so many things that like so many extreme things Mm-hmm. to just kill bunches of people and then be like look i weeded out the bad ones and it's like uh, what <laughs> okay like w- when he first becomes king or whatever he like pretends to be stupid and lazy and so all of his generals like turn against him or not all of them but you know like a, a faction they of all them do or whatever they want yeah they- and so he's just like well now i've killed all the corrupt ones who like don't know <laughs> how to listen and <laughs> whatever and it's like oh okay well, that's that's yeah. like what you decided. You, you're if like, you made think a plane. he's really good, you're very naive. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and so, but Shido like kind of admires that about Shuri because I feel like Shido is just a more reserved Shuri <laughs> in the end, <laughs> where he's like, I was like, you know, just would go with the flow and like think really hard about stuff and sure he's just like i'm just gonna do this crazy crazy thing over here 
And she was like, wow, he gets results, though. So, like, let's go with it. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> you should be like, maybe you should be less crazy. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I did like the crazy moment with Shuri where he, I guess, is talking to some sort of fortune teller. And they're like, oh, yeah, your your life is bad. Like, you have bad fate and whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And he, they're like, he's like, well, what, what does a good palm look like to have good fate? And they're like, well, you have a longer fate line. He's just like, okay. And just like yeah, stabs his own hand. <laughs> Cuts himself. And I'm like, you know, that, that kind of, that kind of, you know, take, take life into your own hands, literally type of thing is, is, is kind of admirable. But also what? <laughs> no. I don't know. My favorite Cheeto moment was definitely another author's note where she was like, I like to think about how funny he must look when he takes off his headbands and he has tan lines. <laughs> the tan lines. <laughs> his forehead is so wide, too. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then the other the other big one is General Kazan, who is like, what? What's going on with this man? You know, another one, it's like, I that Sarasa's mom is like I if he had been if he had abused me I could have just hated him and that would have been a lot more simple yeah let's be real he was only nice to her because she's a pretty woman oh definitely like I... like so I don't want to give him too much credit for that no. like he he saw that his men were abusing a beautiful woman and he's like She's too pretty for this. We gotta, you gotta drink the respecting women juice here, man. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like, we have boundaries, you know? It's like everybody has boundaries, and it's like, oh, it's nice. Everybody's nice when they hit their own boundary, right? Like, mm -hmm. when, when they are like, I am nice to these people. It's like, oh, yes, that's good. Being nice to those people is good. But why were you mean to these other people? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Yeah, and at the same time, I can also see why she fell in love with him. So, like, you know, I, I really like how nothing is, like, 100% black and white. Like, there's no, like, cackling evil. Well, not a lot of cackling evil. I mean, false blue king. Yeah. Like, the cackling evil people are, like, idiots. Yeah. They don't, they don't have, like, a, they're not smart enough to, like, to have, they're not smart enough to have the complexity of being a multifaceted person who is not all good or all bad yeah and i feel like this is more briefly briefly touched upon but it's like wanting to be a hero too is bad like it leads to the same bad thing so you mm -hmm. could argue that that's what sure he's doing like he's like i am the hero like i will take down my father and bring prosperity to all these people like everybody loves suo city and it's like everybody who you didn't murder loves suo city i guess <laughs> like sure <laughs> um, but it, you, you know i i thought it was fun when because i feel like uh sarasa doesn't necessarily want to be a, a hero she's always like this is scary what's right i don't know i just kind of have to do something in the moment because i see somebody clearly doing something wrong and me doing something to fight their wrong doesn't necessarily make her right or anything. It's like, mm -hmm. we can do both do wrong in this situation, and she's highly aware of that. Senju, Shido's wife, mistress, wife, I guess they became mm -hmm. official. <laughs> spiritual wife. Yeah, spiritual wife. Um, was all like, don't try to play a hero. Like, that. that's what will 
that's like mm-hmm. not great. They always die and all these things. Do not. Don't. Yeah. And then he did it anyway. All that death. Cause, yeah, because she was she put up those death flags yeah, for him. She, if she had just stayed in her room that night, maybe he would have been okay. Ah. <laughs> She's going to carry that around with her forever. <laughs> yeah, and so General Kazan, I feel like hmm, I wanted him to like, I wanted them to have like a real moment together, I guess, like him and Sarasa's mom. Because otherwise I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's pretty shallow and but like I, I definitely do like that she's just like it's so hard to just want to stab him when he didn't stab me and he had so many opportunities and he gave me a chance to like escape and then it's like but he also killed my son hmm <laughs> complicated <laughs> what well, in the end it's all about the like you see people's potential to be good mm-hmm. and then you don't want to murder that but you're like, how yeah. do I only murder the bad bits? It's like really hard. <laughs> you can't just murder the bad bits. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she did eventually technically kill him. Yeah, but only after it was like, okay. <laughs> you yeah, stabbed yourself. when he asked her to. Yeah. When it's like, okay, we're, we're all in on this 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 game here. Um, okay, so those are all the, the big characters that we have to discuss. But who is your favorite character? I mean, I love Sarasa. I I really like. Uh, I think it might be Ageha now. Thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, I honestly like. I I also totally read uh read them as like gender fluid or mm. something like that. It's definitely good going for those those vibes of confusion, but without maybe our advanced, uh, you know, set of set of terms for it these days (laughs) yeah like i'm i don't know if that term existed in 1991 so like they were probably written just to be like a gender non-conforming man but also like the way that they seem perfectly comfortable as kicho and also as ageha like it really does feel like they're kind of shifting back and forth to me but yeah no i like how they like they know everyone the end in a way that's not like oh seriously like that stretches credibility and they're like you know i like how they they they're older than a lot of the cast and so they can recognize these like very complicated feelings of and relationships of with the various people they know through various aspects and the good people and the bad people and like yeah, he'll like hang out on the beach with Shido, but also like he hates Shido for being his slave owner. But they also like seem to enjoy his company sometimes. And how they are like so like on board for for Sarasa, like just very ride or die <laughs> immediately. <laughs> like, I'm gonna see where this story goes. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. No, I I really love uh, Ageha. Yeah, my favorite. I also like Ageha. Yeah, because they're very on top of their complicated emotions, and I mean, kind of cheating because you know because they know everybody, staying very neutral. Like mm-hmm. even Asagi, he's kind of like, oh, I, I have sympathy, some sympathy for Asagi. You know, like like I don't like him, but like I get it. You know, <laughs> and. Yeah, the 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 very pointed conversation that Ageha had with 
Senju being like, you know, you can't grow anything with hatred. <laughs> hatred just only brings more hatred. And hatred also, like, fizzles out. Like, that's what I get how it feels. It's not that he, like, stopped hating Shido. I think it's just kind of, like, slowly over time, hatred fades away. Like, if we're going to go with the natural metaphors that the manga presents a lot of the time of like fate is kind of like nature is very important you know they live in a desert so they're like oh it's hard for us to appreciate like they really appreciate nature because they live in a desert and there's not a lot of it and all Mm -hmm. these things uh they talk about fate being like a river and and all these things all, all the time and nagi is some sort of more like old school like herbalist type of doctor i've gotten um vibes of that so all these nature metaphors it's like hatred is shown to be you know the red king and fire and and like burning passion and all these things but like nature is you know more green stuff that like takes a while to grow and like can be very very easily destroyed by fire but fire normally it fades out fairly fast like when even when left to its own devices it just like can't sustain anything without nature so like so i, I just feel like ageha is like oh yeah i used to have these hatred flames for shido but then as he's had to interact with shido less and less kind of like they just fizzled, mm-hmm. fizzled out and now shido's dead and like when they're talking about him in that scene he's like overlaid with you know vines or something so i'm just like yeah it's just like Go, 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 mm-hmm. not, don't use hatred because it's only yeah. ever brings destruction. And then in the destruction, you have to hope that something like grows out of that, which in the in the post-apocalyptic world is not always true. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ageha. So curious what will happen to them. I mean, I have curiosity about what's going to happen to everybody, but. <laughs> I mean, the prophecy is that they will find a woman worth dying for so oh yeah they had that moment yeah <laughs> i don't think it's gonna be good <laughs> oh so he's gonna die for sarasa okay <laughs> maybe maybe no maybe not i got 18 more volumes to find out apparently <laughs> 18 very good volumes 18 very good volumes <laughs> Yeah, and I don't remember the details around Ageha's death or oh. anything at all. Really. Yeah, we can just assume that a lot of more characters are going to get dead and have to be added to death toll. <laughs> my, 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 yeah, my, like I've said, my memories of the series are pretty hazy. Excellent. Did you have any favorite scenes that we haven't already touched on from these <gasps> nine volumes? You're like, so many. <laughs> The moment, like, the moment in Okinawa when Shuri and Sarasa really stands out is very powerful to me. That's, like, those very big emotions again, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's got it's got that very, it's, it's really strongly got that faded lover sort of feel, feel where they just, like, how did they both end up here? Like, you know, <laughs> and, and this is the kind of series where, like, it's like you can say, like, oh, it's not coincidence, it's fate. Yeah, yeah. it's fate. Like, they see each other and they just, like, start, like, calling out to each other. And there's that big two-page spread where they meet each other, which, like, you don't get spreads like that in in manga very often anymore. 
Um, and it was like just like uh, such a a big moment. Like you really felt their feelings for each other. Yeah. And uh, that that always always like felt very powerful to me. And like also that initial moment where like Sarasa cuts her hair and says Sarasa is dead. I am Tatura. Mm. Um, and then like she has outwits the the red army for the first time to get Tatura's head back. <laughs> I really liked those moments. Um, and those are sort of those two different sides of the coin of those of the series, right? Like you've got the romance, um, mm. the like the big destined romance, and you also have like Sarasa being the leader and very clever and like trying to fulfill what she thinks is her brother's destiny, but is actually her own. <laughs> yeah, where they're also fated enemies. <laughs> and- mm-hmm. This is like peak definition of star-crossed lovers right here. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. Shakespeare can't can't match this crap, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like no, star-crossed like people think star-crossed crossed lovers means like destined, but star-crossed lover means like cursed. Yeah, super cursed actually. <laughs> destined to never be together. <laughs> yeah. I like that you focus on the big emotions because I actually feel like I do like a lot of the political intrigue. Maybe because I'm so starved for it, you know, normally in shoujo manga. <laughs> it's not normally a big political thing <laughs> that happens. But I, I I started really getting into this like at the end of volume two when they started talking more about like, you know, showing the both Shuri and sarasa's like fates from prophets and how Mm -hmm. they've both taken you know what was given to them what was said by other people about what they're going to do in their life and like how they've tried to both as as people would say in this manga go with the flow of you know (laughs) fates and also to like fight what their fate is because they don't Mm -hmm. like it (laughs) or or yeah happiness to to those who accept or happiness to those who accept their fates glory to those who defy it <laughs> yeah pulling and out the princess tutu reference here princess tutu <laughs> bringing it <laughs> ah, so good <laughs> yeah so so like that's when i started getting really into it and i i definitely do like all the moments where it's like oh this big twist of somebody being who they like weren't a second ago and now there's somebody else and like ah <laughs> uh, what what is what is justice and all these contemplations i'm like i'm here for it and on the front of them being star-crossed lovers i just think it's so you know again there's a duality even with them meeting up normally again at hot springs where it's like hot springs are supposed to make you pure and like they see each other naked mm-hmm. and that's supposed to be like their default self, you know, like their most natural self. But whenever I see them together, I'm just like, this feels like your least natural selves because you're just together and like not affecting a greater world. And like nobody else knows, like you don't know who each other are, first of all, and nobody else knows that you exist in this this way at this time. You're not affecting all the political machinations you have going going on otherwise. 
So I'm like, ah, this duality, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like Saras has said at one point, like, it would be really nice. Like, I wish I could just sort of sit back and let everyone treat me like a girl for a while. But I have to go back to being Tatra. It's like, and, and, and like, it's like, okay, this could be read as, like, kind of sexist, but I'm choosing to read it as, like, to be to to be cared for to not have to do the work because like it's very clear in this manga that there are plenty of female leaders right like there's Chacha and there's Yuna and they're both like very like strong competent leaders and they're not doing it because of out of some sense of destiny but because that's who they are and that does not come as naturally to Sarasa she was not raised to be that kind of person and so like she when she is being kind of like you know treated as like a normal person not necessarily just a girl but like just someone who is sick and has to be cared for then that is when she feels like she's being at her most natural and yeah like i mean i feel like both parts of them can be authentic <laughs> you know, yeah. i mean you know what i mean like like you know when i'm in teacher mode like i'm still being my authentic self like with these kids and with these teachers they don't feel like i'm putting on an act most of the time but i'm also like very different from who i am with my friends mm-hmm. um or who i am at home you know yeah it's it's the people like people have a lot of different sides and the all of those sides are just as much who they are as you know the other one yeah, and I definitely I I am most attracted to the stories of like shoujo manga that's about girls who have to pretend to be male or you know whatever like Maid Sama is not about that but it's still like Maid Sama is my favorite manga and you have to sort of the questions of identity and stuff yeah yeah where she's just like oh but I you know she doesn't want people to think of her as super girly and she's a maid and that like breaks her you know this this illusion yeah so i definitely like all the ones where it's like oh yeah they they can live in this space of both genders is like great to me i I love those stories Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely i guess to me it's just there's something about reading their stories like when they're together it being easier to read just like throws me off a little bit (laughs) like you know i'm just like okay I'm more in like tropey shoujo land. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I actually really liked when she got her period. Yeah. At first, I I thought it was like the first time she had gotten her period because her reaction was like, "Oh, this is the first time ever." And in a setting like that, it wouldn't be like too unusual. Like girls f- to have your period older. Like girls have periods younger because they're living in a more comfortable state like the body doesn't Mm. menstruate if it's like doesn't feel like it's safe to have a baby yeah Um, (laughs) which honestly i think it's like i like yeah i like the way it handled like menstruation because like she's like yeah i haven't had my period for a while because yeah yeah she's too busy like she's like putting it through all this hard work and body's like no babies now not a good time yeah no, that's definitely a relatable thing of like, yeah, when you're doing more exercise and especially if you're doing more like physical stuff, plus maybe not eating like the best and everything and like doing all these taxing things and being stressed, like, yeah, that's how your body reacts. And then like 
her reaction of like, oh my God, it hasn't happened to me. I was like, yeah. I remember the first time I got my period and then oh. like only my dad was there. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the face I made. And then he made like a terrified face back at me <laughs> <laughs> and like called my mom home from work to like <laughs> deal with this. I was at school. Uh, so, you know, I always appreciate a good period representation in my manga. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or any story, really. More stories need period representation because this is a thing that yep. many girls go through. and <laughs> Yeah, many people. Yeah, many people just have to deal with, and it usually sucks. Mm-hmm. So I think those are all the big things that I wanted to talk about. I don't know if you want to do a light shipping corner, like a check-in, like, do we like Shuri and Sarasa? <laughs> I mean... I feel like in a series that didn't have a strong writing, like, I would be like, ugh, Shuri keeps grabbing her boobs and is, like, really, like, entitled to her go gross. But, like, there is, like, Tamura just, like, writes her chemistry so well that I really do, like, feel, I, I feel it. You know You're what like, I mean? I kind of want it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I agree. And even when he, I, I remember there's the moment where I guess they're like infiltrating the Blue King's uh, kingdom initially, and he's pretending to be the the dumpling person. But Sarasa has never had such fancy food before. So she's like, I don't even know what these things are, and blah blah blah. And then I, I guess they they somehow get on the topic of her body, and he like puts oh, yeah. two like, pork you need buns to eat on more so that you can get bigger boobs. Yeah, so you can get bigger boobs, and he puts the two pork buns over them, and I'm like. I understand that it's inappropriate, but it's also kind of funny. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it was just funny, you know? Sometimes I'm like, fine. <laughs> and get behind this. So, yeah, I'm still conflicted about whether I would want them to be together. Again, I'm most anxious just to see the moment when they figure out who each other are. I'm like, <gasps> oh, so the anticipation is killing me. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> Then there's Zaki and Chacha, which I approve. Yeah, it's very good. Um, I really like how he's like, yeah, no, Chacha's not mine. I'm Chacha's, but Chacha is like everyone. Like it's such a good like, like almost, almost like worshipful. Mm. I think it's also like a good, subtle little dig at like more typical like high school shoujo where it's mm -hmm. like this boy is everyone's and no one's like, we can't date him because we all love him sort of thing. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> it's like, well, if he thought of her as his, like, you know, he could like try to like take claim of her and try to be like, well, you shouldn't do this because it's dangerous and I don't want you to get hurt. And so the fact that he's like, yeah, no, like I cannot control Cha-Cha. Cha-Cha is everyone's and most of all herself. Like she belongs to herself. Um, I think is really, really respectful and like I really like his devotion to her. And I like when she was like, ah, this this is stupid that only men can become leaders mm -hmm. in our, our clan or whatever. Yeah. And, there, uh, you know, there's a lot of dynamics where it's like the way you would, you know, most people do it with gender, and I'm like, ugh, bad. But then you reverse the genders and I'm like Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, it's just kind of like, yeah, 
you know, the most competent person should be the person who leads. And if that's Cha-Cha, great. But if that's Zaki, I could also be like, that's great. But, like, Zaki apparently determined that it was Cha-Cha. So, okay. <laughs> if if Zaki was going to be the leader uh, because Cha-Cha was the only uh, heir to the current leader or whatever, great. Like... <laughs> I believe Zaki then. He's he's supposed to be the leader, and now he made this person leader. Great. Um, yeah, but I like that uh I guess they had to she was she challenged everybody to a duel to prove that she was the best, and then only Zaki was left and he was just like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna kneel. <laughs> I'm gonna kneel here. <laughs> because he loves her and he's a good boy. Oh, the only other funny moment that I wanted to, so I feel like other ships I mean, Senju and Shido, do we have to talk about them? There's I'm, there's not much there. There's there's there are people. Um, yeah, I feel like again this shipping corner will blow up by the last <laughs> the last <laughs> podcast that we have to do. Certainly, the only other funny moment that I forgot I wanted to mention was I I liked the subversion of the the sneezing trope because everybody is somebody else in this manga and uh, Hayato sneezes at one point and he's like ah. Somebody must be talking about Tatara, and Sarasa's like, I'm I'm Tatara, and I'm like, neither of you is Tatara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so do you have any other final thoughts? Um I just hope more people read Basara. More people need to read Basara. It's so true. Good. They do. I know. Go buy it on Kobo or Whatever Barnes and Noble's thing is, I try not to pe- push people to Amazon because I hate Amazon. But like, yeah, Amazon, Amazon. over reading illegally, so go for it. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that's the end of the first third, and we will definitely come back for the second two thirds. Woo! But now I will read this outro. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Show Joe and Tell. Comments, questions, constructive criticism, concerns. You need to tell us who your favorite character is and why? Email shoujoandtell at gmail.com or leave a comment on shoujoandtell.com slash basara1. We're at shoujoandtell on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Caitlin, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Uh, they can find me, my Twitter at altsoon underscore nodere. Um, you can find me on Anime Feminist. Uh, you can find me on The Daily Dot. Um, you can find some of my older writing on heroineproblem.com. Heroine has an E. Yeah. Are you going to make the anime feminist people read Basara or watch the terrible anime? <laughs> D is what is reading it. Oh, okay. Yeah. D's been reading it. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, going to have your own anime feminist podcast about it eventually? We talked about it when I said I was reading it. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm down the more, but I'm I'm here because I'm trying to be like, yo, shoujo manga. Why isn't everybody podcasting about shoujo manga? Bring me more shoujo manga. (laughs) Anyway, are you excited every time you see a new episode from us? If so, please consider leaving a rating in on Apple Podcasts. See, I wanted to say iTunes still. (laughs) This will help the podcast reach more hearts or at least ears. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time for volumes 10 through 18 of Basara. Stay tuned. Until then, bye.